And now, live from the shadow of America's mountain, this is Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. Welcome to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. I'm your host, Heath, and with me as always are my amazing co-hosts, Michael and Ethan. Ethan, how are you doing today? Good, you? Doing great, thank you. Michael, how are you doing? Fellas, I'm doing great today. Hey, this show is brought to you by Redemption Squad Ministries. Shout out to Zach and Melissa at Redemption Squad Ministries. Founders of our uh, Colorado Springs chapter. We're so excited to sponsor them again this episode, or they are sponsoring us this episode, however it's working. If you guys feel led or desiring to donate to the show, just know today um, uh, for this show, when you give uh, to RRMRRRMRR. That's a mouthful right there. When you guys give to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio, you also give to Redemption Squad Ministry. So we're just happy to partner with them. Uh, Heath, how would how would the finance side of that work? So actually on the front page of rmr.live, that is the website for the show, there are a couple of links there for donations. Um, if either the cash app or the venue options don't work for you, uh, feel free to shoot me a message at host.heath at rmr.live and we can work out um, Zelle or, or, or another payment method that would work better for you. All right. So again, Redemption Squad Ministries, we're proud to... Uh, uh, to be talking about them again this episode and shout out to Zach and Melissa for all the work that you guys are doing to uh, spread some hope and some some message to those in need in our community. So before we get diving into today's episode, um, just want to do a few housekeeping items, get them out of the way. Again, we've already mentioned the website rmr.live for the latest information and updates about the show. Uh, there is that contact us form to submit feedback, comments, suggestions, uh, to suggest a guest, to be a guest. Either way, if you need prayer, the three of us would love to partner with you. There's two ways for us to do that. There is the prayer request form on the website, or you can write us at prayer at rmr.live, and we would love to uh, stand in prayer with you. Don't forget, while you're on the website, to check out the link tree link to all of our socials for the Facebook page and uh, the Rumble, the YouTube pages as well. While you're on YouTube watching this, make sure to like, subscribe. And if you actually love the content that we're producing, go ahead and share that out for us too, uh, because we know that uh, we're trying to give words that everybody can use and everybody can hear. Um, <clears throat> follow us on the Facebook page for additional content information as well. And having said all that, let's get into today's show. We have another amazing episode for you today. Um, I'm really excited about today's episode. It is titled Identity, Who You Are and How You Got There. And uh, before we dive into some uh, bigger content today, I just wanted to give a couple thoughts on identity before we jump into some scripture and some other things. Um, you know, identity is often based on what we do for a living. You know, we're a doctor, a teacher, a lawyer. Or who we are in our relationship, we're a husband, a spouse, a son, a daughter, uh, whatever. And so um, we're, we're often setting ourselves up with a limited mindset for um, who we are in identity. Um, and in reality, God intends for us to, uh, for everybody to find their identity in Christ. If you're a Christian, your identity is everything that encompasses the abundance of being a child of God. And God calls us to see each one of us in a specific way. It's up to us to uh, learn and understand how we are seen by God. And then uh, we have to stand in authority of who we truly are in Christ. And so just kind of throwing those opening notes out for that. 
Um, let's jump over to um, Michael. What do you got for us? Well, um, so there's a there's a passage of scripture that um, shows it, it's sneaky. It shows discipleship and it shows um, identity within um, within this within the text, but it's not it's not overt. It's covert, um, and I will explain what I mean by that. But you know, I God is pouring out His Spirit these days. And he's pouring it out on willing people, maybe not the most able people, but willing. They are desiring um, to serve God uh, with all their heart. And they might even be desperate in their lives uh, to serve God and, and for their life to really impact their community or their family. Uh, or their friends, or their church, or their school. And I really believe God is pouring out his spirit these days. And because there's a lot, there's an increase in dreams and visions. Um, and with God pouring out his spirit, he's also pouring out large amounts of Bible. Um, if you receive a large pour of the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive... Um, Bible. Just a real quick reference to that is in Acts 2 and getting into 3 where Peter preaches out of Joel. Um, he, I don't know if he knew the book of Joel before uh, the Spirit uh, descends on them like tongues of fire and they start um, hearing other tongues and speaking in other tongues and so you have Tongues is just another word for languages there. So there are many nations there and they were all hearing uh, each other in their native tongue. It, it would be like if I was um, speaking Russian and the Russian can understand me or I wasn't speaking Russian and the Wesh Russian could understand me and the Russian can also under also understand English. So there's a lot going on there. But then Joel, uh, then Peter uh, preaches and and adds out of Joel two, and there's three thousand added to church. Okay, so with the Spirit came uh, the utterance, the word out of Joel, the message, the the passion, the boldness uh, to preach um, out of Joel, and three thousand were added to the church. So, if you receive more from the Holy Spirit you should also expect more Bible to be downloaded in you, in your very inner uh, inner parts, your very inner person. And so that's what we're trying to look at today is we're looking at the Bible aspect and the identity aspect that happens when you um, are experiencing revival in your life. Um uh, or, or an epiphany from God, maybe. Um, we want to look at what God is calling you and what he's um, telling you to also minister from, which would be Bible. Okay, so Heath, I, 
that's kind of uh, did I give a good setup there for kind of the direction there? Yeah, I think he did. And and I, you know, as you were talking, I I just was kind of reflecting uh, uh, on scripture, you know, and, and the concept of identity um, and how God sees us and chooses to see us and what he calls us to be. And, you know, I know that even in my own my own story, um, when we're talking about identity, I, I just want to be clear really first, uh, really quick and just say that, like, I never sought out blessings from God. I never sought out being called to do something or anointed by God for for a purpose. Um, you know, for me, my biggest transformation happened this last year and a half when my world was literally shook up, shook apart and destroyed and turned upside down and all these things. And I was really just trying to find a, a way to get through and, and remembering my roots and saying, hey, um, you know, God's always there, you know, run back to God and and really yes. within, you know, and realizing I should have been doing that all along, of course. But, you know, within the last six to eight months and just seeing all these things that God's done in my life. And, and, and I compare myself sometimes to, you know, some of these great men of the Bible, like Moses and Paul and Peter, who, who also struggled with identity. And, and, you know, God says, yeah, you know, you're, did. you're this person. And then all of a sudden they're like, are you sure God, like, is that really me? Like, I don't, I don't think I'm supposed to be the guy to lead people out of Egypt. And like, uh, you know, right. I don't think I'm supposed to do this, you know? And, 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 and so um, I, I at least can relate biblically when i look at my own life and and look at the things that god spoke over me and and to some of these folks who struggled as well trying to say yes i am this by god um so yeah you set that up great and i think um i want to shoot over to ethan really quick and kind of get um some I, I guess just some testimony reminders um about identity because i know god has called each one of us on this show um, different names and different things throughout yes. throughout our journey, and so I want to I want to make sure that we hit on some of those today. Um, and so I want to start with Ethan today. What um, what comes to mind, Ethan, when we talk about identity um, in Christ, where you're concerned? Um. So yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and so uh, things that come to mind. So we have two different types of identities. We have our earthly identity. And then we have our heavenly identity. Um, and so I'll go into my earthly identity first. I am a son uh, of my dad. I am a student, a brother, a friend. Um, That's right. All these different types of things. Um, and then as my heavenly form, I am a son to God. I am a... Uh, I my calling. I've been called to be a teacher. I've been called to be this minister, and and to do these things. And so, I've been called. I so you have a heavenly and an earthly identity, um, and those those are important. I think so. You can be a colleague or a team. Uh, you can be a uh, a co-worker you could there be you a, a teacher a doctor whatever whatever it is uh, a male a female your identity it identifies you it it helps tell people things about you so I am a student I go to school that is my job mm -hmm. I I I'm a brother I have four other siblings and 
and all these other things. So those help define you and your your life. Those help define you. Hmm. Okay. So I want to I want to ask you really quick. Which do you feel is more important in your identity, knowing who you are, your earthly identity or your heavenly identity? So I feel like it's more important. The one that's actually a really great question, uh, Dad. Um, So one of I feel, in my opinion, what the one that is the identity that is most important is your heavenly, because while, yes, there is so like if you if you say if someone says my son or my daughter that that is your parents telling you but let's say uh cuz I cuz when I had my outer body experience God called me my son and I think that is a bigger the bigger thing because it is one thing to to get called my son by my dad um, but it is a whole entire another thing there you to be go. called my friend, my my son or my friend or whatever by God. Yeah. I, I, okay. And to even like because because he could just be like, oh, he's one of the he's one of the many grains of sand in a sandbox. God could have been like that, but no, he wasn't. He said, my son. That this okay, guys. This is so powerful. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I can feel, I can feel the anointing and the power of God on this on this message here. Um, uh, Heath, did you have anything more to add? Well, I I just kind of going back to what some things Ethan said. You know, the the right answer, yes, was it's it's important for us as believers to know who we are in Christ, to know how God sees us, um, because there's there's something transformative that happens when you're saved that um you you know all the stuff from your past is is just left in the past he doesn't hold it against you anymore but even more importantly than that that you step up into a different level of recognition and acknowledgement for um how god sees you and and what you're called to be and what you're called to do in the kingdom and and so there's a little more authority that you have to walk in a little more um you know, I guess you stand up a little taller once you recognize that, you know, you are um, this this person that God sees you this way. And not just from the fact that, you know, he knew you from before you were in your mom's womb, but, you know, he's been there with you through all your stuff. And then you get to that moment where you're saved and you start chasing after Jesus. And then God uses you, uses your testimony, your brokenness, your the things from your past to help inspire others or to help teach others um to you know help guide them through a situation so um there's just so much that that identity ties into with you know like we were talking pre-show you know you can literally throw a rock or shoot an arrow and you can hit some topic that's going to come back and talk about who you are in christ and how god the father truly sees you um you know and i guess since i've got the mic i'll just go ahead and jump in you know looking at um, you know, how God sees me has been a struggle sometimes because, you know, again, like Moses, I'm like, are you sure, God, are you sure that I'm going to be this or that you want me to do this? Um, and it's taken a couple months for me to really argue that point through with myself and come to the realization that, yes, God sees me this way. And so because of that, 
then I can see myself that way and stand in that authority. So for instance, one of the, one of the things that anybody who knows me knows um, I'm a huge encourager. And that's one of the first words that was actually spoken over me um, in the last six to eight months um, in kind of struggling through trying to find myself after my world fell apart and reestablish who I was and, and to just chase after Jesus. Um, the first word spoken to me was you're an encourager. And I'm like, that makes sense because I've spent my whole life pouring into other people. Um, you know, I, I go out of my way to compliment someone or to help someone out or, you know, see them struggling through something and say, hey, um, you know, it's going to be OK. You're going to get through, um, you know, and I've had other words spoken over me as well that that, you know, um, God wants to use me for healing. And for um, I think one of my favorite words actually was that you know, God identified me as a Joseph in Ethan's story to help guide him and direct his path um, after his calling. You know, when Ethan was called to be a minister and this this kind of different kind of preacher, teacher, minister, missionary that we really haven't seen on the scene yet. God said this of Ethan and then said, hey, Heath, you're going to you're going to be Ethan's Joseph in his story. You're going to guide him and direct him. And so for me, that's a, a powerful identity for who I am. Not only my Ethan's dad, but I am the Joseph in a story. Um, you know, I've I've been, been spoken over me that I would I'm seen as a pastor, that I'm seen as um, a David in certain aspects. Not again, not calling me David, but again, there are there are aspects of the both of us that God sees. Um, you know, and and it, I can even take identity in the fact that God said, "Hey, um, we're going to bless you." with the gift of being able to speak in tongues so that when I pray and I pray in my prayer language, that I can communicate directly with God. Um, and while I don't know what I'm saying, he does. And he takes delight and joy when we come to him that way. And so there's just, there's so many more things I could go through on on my list of, as I've been keeping track that, that has been spoken over me, either directly from God or through, through a prophetic word from somebody. Um, but really getting to know who you are is so important and not just here on earth, but who you are in the, in the heavenly realm, because that's an eternal identity. Um, it is not, you know, just a, the, the short little, you know, 80, hundred years you're on this planet. This is an eternal identity in who you are and how God sees you. What do you think about all that, Michael? Okay. I have a question for the both of you. And I hope I hope we can answer it. Uh, what is the common source? Who is the common voice of any of these words and uh, words of encouragement or words of identity spoken over you? Ethan, you want to answer first or take a shot at it first? So I, th I think you should go first, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Love that so much. Um, so really, the the common denominator in all of this, I think I kind of alluded to as I was wrapping up my little spiel. There was the fact that the Holy Spirit is the one that that. Gives Thank us you. These, you these, said these, it. The Holy yes, Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that delivers these things. Um, and so, again, either hearing the Holy Spirit through a dream that you've had, through um, a, a recognition of some kind, or from somebody else receiving a word from the Holy Spirit and then delivering it to you. Um, so, yes, the Holy Spirit is the big winning answer there for 
for who is the the voice that we should be hearing when these things are being revealed to us. <laughs> um, so yeah, Michael, we we haven't. So Ethan and I have kind of shared a little bit about identity. Um, and I know that we've alluded to some of your identity in the last few shows that we've done. And so um, I think this is a great opportunity to kind of give a little bit of your your testimony, your identity, um, since this is the the topic today. And, and you know, I, 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 and I just I just want to say that, you know, while I see Michael as, you know, a brother in Christ, while I see him as family, as I see him as a mentor and a teacher and a you know, uh, a lot of other labels I could throw out, you know, the, the one that I consistently will identify Michael as is, is, is prophetic. And so I, I bring that up because that is, um, Michael played a huge part actually in some of my identity in Christ. And so, um, I feel like I kind of want to jump over to him a little bit and give some, some backstory there, um, to kind of help tie, all of us together because we've all kind of received different words from Michael and, and some other things. And so just to kind of bring some, I don't know, some, some wrap around to all that, I guess. Okay. So, um, I'll just say, uh, I wasn't raised in, in a, in a family nor in a church family, um, that, uh, nor were they raised in an environment where um, the prophetic uh, giftings were known about, talked about. Um, we just all kind of believe they're, you know, characters in the Bible. Um, pretty limited. Um, I, I grew up loving God on and off. Um, I was born again at a young age. And, and, you know, as you're growing up, you know, you encounter things in life that you're more serious about or less serious about. And I was very serious about basketball, uh, for a long time. And I did get it into the semi-pro area of basketball, which was a lot of fun, but <clears throat> I, I'll start off at semi-pro basketball because at semi-pro basketball, somehow I became the team chaplain the team chaplain. I didn't have a degree or anything like that, but, but that's just what happened. And they all, the, the whole team and the coaches, they were all about it. And so I'd lead guys in prayer. I would, I'd come up with our team ch chants like, before the game and stuff. And it was so much fun. And I would check on my teammates and I would, I'd pray for them and their families and their kids. And I was, I was the youngest or second youngest um, on that team. I was 19 at the time and these guys were like in their early thirties. So it was an honor to be on that team and to just, you know, second string, third string um, guy, but then also the uh, team chaplain. Well, when that team folded um, because no one was getting paid, mm -hmm. uh, uh, what happened was, is um, I realized that I loved ministry and loved um, people more than I loved basketball. And so God was really, and God was really working on me at that time. And all that time also I was being discipled and I was in a discipleship program, uh, with my, uh, first mentor and pastor, uh, Roger Emmerich. And that was a very powerful time in life. Okay. Um, 
I would say at that, I'm going to give this testimony to you. So at that time, age 19, um, I, I was in my, uh, in my room at my mom's house and, um, and I was in, I was in the basement in my room and I was about ready to go to sleep. And, uh, it was just, I don't know, it was a nap or something. I was tired, about ready to go to sleep. I was right at that place of right where you're about to go to sleep, where this very bright light, brighter than the sun came into my room and I knew it was there and it was very scary, very terrifying. And I had, I have had demonic experiences in the past before, but this was way more scary. And I wasn't sure, entirely sure what was happening. Um, the light rippled and moved kind of like a stained glass, um, a window that was moving and alive, but it was all white. A very loud music was coming from it. And I was squinting with my natural eyes. So it wasn't just a vision. It was, it was, it was touching my, the physical side of things too. And I knew I was a sinner and I knew I was very unclean. And this voice invited me on a tour. I knew I was going to leave my body. And I knew I was going to come back. I wasn't going to die. I was going to leave my body and go on this tour. And no no other uh, details are given to me besides come, come with me on a tour. Well, I said, no way. I am not going with you on a tour. And... Uh, and, and this, this encouraging me to leave and go with this being on a tour was, it lasted about seven, eight minutes. It was just a long thing that wouldn't go away. It was very powerful. Um, I later, you know, go and let my pastor know what happened. And I thought it was the enemy. I thought it was uh, the devil at first because I just had no... Um, shelving for any experience like this. This is the first time that kind of life invading powerful experience happened. And so I let, you know, I even asked pastor Roger, Hey, you know, was this the enemy? And he's like, why would you ask that? I "I don't know. I just don't know. And he said, "Um, why do prophets, why do you guys in the Bible uh, you know, Peter, uh, 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 John, um, uh, Jeremiah, you know, name it, right. They have this powerful encounter with God and their life is forever changed and they move forward from there. Um, and, and that's, he's like, and I was like, I don't know why. And, and he says, well, think about it like this. You can never, no one can ever take that away from you, even, even to the grave. They'll never take that testimony away from you. You can, you can never deny God ever again. And in later conversations with God, it was clear that that was um, Jesus. That was Jesus. I didn't know. <laughs> it's a very kind of a scary realization there. I didn't know it was him. But he, in, in later conversations and and and, um, and more conversations with others about it, 
the Lord was like, yeah, that was me. And I was like, Lord, I didn't want to go on a tour. I knew I was so unclean. I knew I was a sinner. I didn't want to go on a tour with you. Um, I was terrified of you. Um, what do you, can you tell me something about that? And he's like, well, that's how a lot of my friends, uh, that's how a lot of my friends reacted back in the old Testament. And, and, um, and even in the new Testament, a lot of my friends and my, my, my guys and gals reacted like that. And he said, it's, it's, it's normal to react like that. And I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. So I share that testimony because let's, let's fast forward. Oh gosh. How many years? Well, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the present and then go rewind. So it was about six years ago. Uh, I had a, with many more uh, cool things happening in my relationship with God, but, but nothing prepared me for this. So another powerful experience I had with the Lord was um, about six years ago, um, I felt stuck in life and like really stuck. You know, these plans about being a pastor weren't happening and, you know, I'm, I'm a trash guy in, in the city. And I just feel really stuck and alone. And uh, thank you, Heath. And um, so I surrendered everything that I was listening to a podcast and, and it led me, it was about repentance and, and surrendering. And so I surrendered my whole entire life. And I was like, Lord, I know I know that, you know, I like hopping back on the throne of my own world and life. Um, you know, help me, help me know that, that you're on the throne of my heart and in my life, my world, help me. And the next night I had a two week dream in the night and a vision in the day. And all the vision was, all this dream and the vision was this, just right above here in my, in my mind, the whole, for two weeks, it was said, uh, Michael, you are my prophet. Mm. And at the, so end, at the end of the two weeks is when I realized what it said. I actually turned and looked at the vision I knew something was there. I knew it was a message, I knew, but I never turned and looked at it. So I actually kind of looked up and I saw, uh, Michael, you are my prophet. Kind of like Moses when he actually had to turn and look at the burning bush, the Bible says. Right. Then he, cause, cause apparently this was not weird enough. <laughs> burning bush. It wasn't weird enough. So he had to turn and look at the burning bush and see why the bush wasn't disintegrating. Right. So, um, immediately after that vision, I started receiving, um, many appointments. Um, I would say the first 20 appointments, I felt like if I didn't share what God wanted me to share with them, I might die because of how powerful the word that came to me for this individual or this appointment and this encounter with this person was it was it was fiery kind of like how jeremiah uh explains the fiery word of word of god um how are we doing on time heath um we got about uh seven minutes before we've got to end the show 
So I wanted to jump in really quick and just kind of touch on something you said that like, you know, churches I grew up in didn't talk about some of these things either. Um, you know, while these were concepts in the Bible, they weren't preached about, talked about, taught about at all. Um, as far as the fact that, you know, scripture tells us that we're, we're going to go do things that Jesus did, but greater things, um, you know, that wasn't talked about growing up. Um, and, and so, yeah, when these things happen to you, uh, when you've, you have, you grew up in that kind of church environment, it's a whole other level of mind blown, um, you know, yeah. and, and I guess really quick before we get some final thoughts in here as the timer's ticking down, I just want to remind everybody that, you know, your identity in Christ starts off something simple. Um, you know, when you're saved, you, you are considered a, a saint amongst, uh, the heavens. You are, you're blessed, you know, you, you, you're appreciated, you're reconciled. Um, you are changed and altered. You're heard by God. You're gifted by God. You're a new person. Um, you're forgiven. Um, you know, you're adopted into his family. And most importantly on this list, you're victorious and you are loved. And, and I've got like a dozen scripture references for each of those things. Um, you know, because we, we do try to make sure we're giving script, scriptural context um, on the show, but just reminding you, those are just starting points uh, for how God sees you when you accept Jesus as your savior. And, and it's, it's, yes. it only gets better from there. Um, go ahead. I, I just want to say, uh, you know, the biggest, okay, two things. The biggest part of that vision was realizing what it said. Why? Not the prophet thing. It was my, when God said I was his, that was the loudest part of the vision. The second loudest part of the vision was, it was a capstone work in my life. God showed me all these times were like Sunday school teachers, pastors, relatives they all spoke that one thing into my life and then god showed all of that when i realized what it was that he was telling me it was my that was louder than prophet prophet was cool because uh, because i had right. no because it was a realization of something it was a capstone work so i wanted to say that also but i i did not expect any of this god can bless you and it's a total surprise. Expect the coolest total surprises from the Lord. Life-changing surprises. And then next time, we're going to do part two next time because we got to look at we got to look at in the scriptures here. We never got to that, but but the Lord did what He did in this episode for sure. But uh, we got to look at Paul and Barnabas. But they started out as Barnabas and Saul, and we're going to look at that next time because within their relationship, Paul or he starts out assault, turns into Paul, he gets so much out of that discipleship relationship about his identity. And it's not talked about a lot. Disciple, we don't see a lot of discipleship, um, uh, integral discipleship relationships around in the church these days. And that's what one of the best, uh, uh, biggest things that God called us to do is to make disciples. Yes, I believe in discipling nations, but we should also, whether you're a pastor, you're a truck driver, um, you're, oh, I don't know, but, but there God can, if you open up your heart to the Lord in this area, he will bring you people, um, who, who you can say something into their life and, and encourage them and change their life forever. And we'll right. look at that 
uh, uh, with Barnabas and Saul next time. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because we had so much content for this one show. It was yeah. we were struggling to figure out how to pack it all in. So final thoughts as the timer's ticking down here. We got about three minutes on the show left. Um, Ethan, what are your final thoughts today um, as you've kind of been sitting there processing this episode? Um, I just think this is a, a really big topic and uh, uh, we could definitely do a lot more parts to this episode uh, and to this topic. Okay. Uh, Michael, why don't you give us your final thoughts and then close us out in prayer and then I'll do the standard show wrap up for us with my final thoughts as well. Go ahead. Well, I, I did give my final thoughts. I'm going <laughs> to okay. pray. Okay. I'm going to pray. It. Yeah. Go for it. So heavenly father, um, Lord, open up our hearts to relationships around us that either with our lack of maturity or our maturity, we can engage in a uh, discipleship relationship that glorifies you and changes the future. And God, I, in Jesus name, I release uh, the desire to either be discipled or to disciple. And Lord, we release the expectancy of surprises from you. And Lord, we release new identities, new epiphanies as we read the Bible or as we listen to a friend or a mentor or a pastor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I, again, this, there was just so many things we could have talked about in this episode and, and again, we're, we, we always prepare when we're getting a show ready for everybody. Um, we just kind of follow the Holy Spirit's direction of where he's going to take us and what we do in a show. And so we definitely are going to follow this up with a part two. And we could probably almost do a part three if I'm being really transparent mm-hmm. with everybody. There is just a lot of information about identity. But I want to thank you for tuning in with us today. Um, remember, check out the website, rmr.live for all the latest information, updates about the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, share. Uh, the videos that we post up on YouTube and Rumble and uh, follow us on all the socials. And as a special reminder, we are getting, uh, we do have a a podcast server in place now. So we are getting the shows prepped for that. So join us on Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever. Uh, We're going to be released on all kinds of things. I I remember if you want to donate to the show, there are those links on the main page. Those uh, donations do go to support uh, this time Redemption Squad Ministries. And then on our side, you know, hosting fee software, equipment, all that kind of stuff. Get yourself into a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-led church. Plug into groups, discipleship opportunities, and serve in any way you can. Uh, Thank you again for joining us. We hope that you guys have a blessed week. Take care. Thanks for joining Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. We're out. Thank you for listening to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio.